Today is Monday, November 20th, 2023. This is Quick Start from the CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The IDF finds more evidence at Al Shifa Hospital of that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Make sure you subscribe and leave a rating. It's really important to us that you do that. And you can email us as well, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Joining me now on this Monday, bright and early, to get through the news of the cray is CBN's Billy Hallowell. Billy, what's going on? I know we're both a little under the weather here, but we're powering through. Yes, I promise it's me, even though you can't hear my voice. It is me. <laughs> it I is am Billy. here. It is Billy under there, and he's surviving. But uh, we are going to power through it nevertheless. This is what happens whenever winter comes on. Inevitably, the colds come, and it gets ridiculous. So hopefully you're doing all right on your neck of the woods. But we've got a lot to get to. I mean, there's a lot going on with Israel, as I mentioned there at the top. Al-Shifa, compelling evidence. The media, though, still being hypercritical. Some frustrating commentaries there. We'll get to those in just a minute. On the focus story, Joel Rosenberg had an urgent plea to the Israeli government on Friday. Also on the main thing, just how influential has the Bible been on the world? The incredible impact the Bible has had on all walks of life, all history on the main thing today. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter died with her family by her side at her home in Plains, Georgia yesterday. This is according to a statement by the Carter Center. She was 96 and the wife of the 39th President of the United States, Jimmy Carter and she was admitted to hospice care on Friday. President Jimmy Carter said, Rosalind was my equal partner in everything I ever accomplished. She gave me wise guidance and encouraged me when I needed it. As long as Rosalind was in the world, I always knew somebody loved and supported me. And the IDF has found a massive tunnel structure near Al-Shifa Hospital. This, after days of media criticisms of an IDF video showing go bags at the hospital. These are sort of terrorist bags that were filled with guns and ammo and equipment that they could quickly grab and go into the field. They claim the IDF moved them around and therefore they somehow weren't credible. And now even after this massive tunnel has been found, the media is saying it's absolutely critical for Israel to show what it connects to as if there's some other logical explanation for what it is and what it does. They said, CNN, it does not establish without a doubt that there's a command center under Gaza's largest hospital. And two NFL quarterbacks are making their mark for their play in the NFL. Rookie C.J. Stroud and Josh Dobbs, and both have incredibly strong faith. You can read about their faith over at CBNNews.com. And wanted a quick stop on this report that I'm reading from the, from several media outlets, including CNN about these tunnels. They're they're trying to say, this was another quote from CNN, that for Israel, the stakes could not be higher. Israel has publicly asserted for weeks, if not years, that Hamas has built infrastructure below, terror infrastructure below the hospital. And it's almost silly that somehow, somehow, everything rests on whether or not this one tunnel exists under the hospital as if somehow this would absolve anything that Hamas does, it somehow would absolve the overwhelming amount of times it's been documented that Hamas is shooting missiles from places like hospitals, as if somehow 
them not being able to find a tunnel under this hospital erases all of that and then now makes Israel the bad guy here. It's it's so ridiculous that this is the standard. And it's also ridiculous that somehow the media will believe everything Hamas reports. A, a missile will fall down and they'll say 10,000 people died within five minutes, which, by the way, if you keep hearing these estimates about deaths shortly after a strike, there's no way they know how many people died that fast. Watch any news event here in America where there's a fatality. And if it's many fatalities, if it's a big event, let's see how quickly they get the number. You can't get that number. It takes a lot of work to go through whatever devastation there was and figure out who was in there and how many remains there are. It's it's not easy work. Yet the media will scoop up those numbers instantly and splash them all over the place. But here's Israel with cameras going in and showing guns. And they're like, wait a minute. We're not sure how those guns got there. Maybe Israel put them there. And I suppose it's possible. And so it's not impossible. But the double standard that exists is so obnoxious and ridiculous. And we shouldn't even entertain it. And yet the media seems desperate to try to show Israel as the bad guy here. It's, it's almost getting exhausting watching them try to do this. Well, it makes you wonder, like, what has Hamas done that makes them so trustworthy? Right. Like, what is it that, yeah, it's just, it's so bizarre to watch. It really is. Yeah, it really is. And so we will continue reporting over on CBNnews.com and the CBN News YouTube channel. Make sure you're following that. Chris did another report yesterday, Chris Mitchell and our Jerusalem team who are there in Israel giving as many updates as they can. And they have been absolutely outstanding on the ground there discussing these stories and more. So make sure you're getting those those updates because the mainstream media outlets are just, honestly, they're, they're ridiculous at times in their anti-Israel propaganda. And so make sure you're getting it from a source that uh, isn't going to just instantly dismiss everything Israel has to say. All right, we are going to head over to our focus story now. And Joel Rosenberg, who's an author, he's also over in Israel, and he issued this urgent plea to the Israeli government on Friday. He was asking leaders to evacuate Christian Palestinians trapped in Gaza. So what was he saying here, Billy? Yeah, you know, so he put out an article basically saying, look, we have a lot, about a thousand Christians who are in Gaza right now. They are holed up in three different churches and... There, there are a number of fears around these Christians and what could happen to them. You know, as they are in this country where you have Islamic extremists, obviously, looking to kill them. And so he is warning that, you know, Hamas will target these Christians if they are not evacuated to the north. Right, right now, Israel is saying, hey... We want you to go south. We need you to go south. If they go south, the fear is that they will be slaughtered. Um, and so this is a very sensitive situation. And right now, there's a blanket push. Everybody go south. He's saying, look, we need to treat the Christians differently. They need to be brought north. We need to get them out of Gaza. Yeah, and especially because we know that there's, it's hard to know, actually, how many Hamas terrorists just went south with all the people who are evacuating. It's very difficult to know who's trying to blend in there. And you have no idea 
who is going to be among these people fleeing. And when they find out they're with Christians, I mean, they're definitely at risk. So what's Joel's biggest concern about what could happen to these Christians? Yeah, I mean, the biggest concern is that they, all thousand of them are pushed south, they're in a group together, and they're targeted, you know, that that because they're moving to this other area where, again, who knows how many of those extremists are there, that they will be raped, killed, that we'll see a repeat. And keep in mind, this is a region where there are more than two million people, there are only a thousand Christians left, and so they're very afraid, they're they're holed up in these churches, and, you know, his, his fear is that we just see a repeat, that we see these Christians wiped out. And, you know, there's a lot of questions surrounding this, right? Some people are saying, well, why did the Christians stay there? Like, why have they been living there all this time? Um, and so there's a lot unknown about these people. But what we do know is that moving themselves could be very dangerous. And so Joel has been working with the Israeli government, trying to get them to take action to help. Um, and so we don't know where that currently stands. But the hope that he has is that Israel will sort of come alongside them, bring them into the West Bank where they have more chance of safety. Mm. And how much time do you think is have left to get this done so that they can be moved to safety? Well, the clock is ticking because this was Friday when the story first kind of broke with Rosenberg. And that was about a five day. They were given mm -hmm. about five days by Israel. They were told you have five days to leave these churches. And I'm referring to the Christians here. You have five days to leave and go south. They don't want to leave and go south because they're afraid. And so here we are Monday now. Uh, there may only be a day or so left. So the hope again is that Israeli officials Rosenberg's been going to the top of, of Israel's officials to try to get them to do something. Again, some people might say, well, why don't they just do it? Well, they're in the fog of war, and this is actually pretty complicated to figure out, okay, what are we doing with these thousand people? We don't, we can't push themselves. And so, you know, there, there are a lot of questions, even how do you vet the thousand people to make sure they're all truly Christians yeah. who are underdressed? But uh, Rosenberg thinks the, the government, obviously, in Israel is fully capable of doing that. It's certainly a complicated situation, as you said, fog of war. You're terrified, and but we also know staying in those churches is dangerous because Hamas has no qualms about operating in and outside of these churches. It's a dangerous situation all the way around, and again, all caused by Hamas. Hamas could end this all if they just surrendered and returned all the hostages. All right, Billy, we we'll appreciate you bringing that story to the podcast today. Certainly something we can be praying for and praying about. All right, well, it's just about Thanksgiving time here. And of course, that's the time of year where we take stock often about the things we have to be grateful for and who we have to be grateful to. And one of those things clearly that we're thankful for is the Bible, God's written, revealed word to us. It tells us a bit about him. Obviously, not all. We can't know all about God, but it tells us a lot about God and his character and his attributes. But what if it had never been written? That's a new documentary by Dr. James Kennedy Ministries. They asked this very question, and it really gives a look at what the world would be like without it because of all the areas that it's impacted. The Madison Seals sat down with the ministry's president, Dr. Robert Pacienza, to talk just how much the Bible has influenced the world. That's today's main thing. So I'll start with the title of the documentary, What If the Bible Had Never Been Written? Can you give us a little preview of what the documentary covers? 
Absolutely. We want our viewers to imagine a world uh, where the Bible was not written. It is the book of books, and uh, we want to make the case that this is the book that has had the most impact and the most influence on civilization. And so what we do is we take different segments of culture and society and say, what if the Bible had not been written? Uh, what would government look like? What would laws look like? What would the sciences look like? What would art and literature look like? Uh, what would education look like? What would the great explorations of the world uh, look like if the Bible was not informing the men and women that were carrying out some of the greatest tasks throughout history? So it's a, it's a fascinating question. Um, and I hope uh, everyone that tunes in, uh, whether they're a believer or a skeptic, will see the impact and the influence on what I call the book of books. Yeah, it truly is the greatest book ever written. And one of the statements made in this documentary is that without the Bible, America itself would very likely not even exist. That's a pretty big statement. But according to former U.S. President Ulysses S. Grant, America should hold fast to the Bible as the anchor of our liberty. What kind of influence has the Bible had on America specifically? Absolutely. The Bible gave birth to uh, the religious freedom, uh, the freedom of conscience, uh, that we enjoy and is enshrined in our constitution. Um, this idea that uh, we are free and that our conscience cannot be lorded over us uh, by tyrants, that our conscience is not bound uh, by the government or by the state or even by the church, but it's bound by God alone. Uh, th those principles that make American freedom what it is and what it's been for the last 250 years comes directly from our understanding of the freedom of conscience of the Christian, the liberty that we have in Christ. Uh, and so the framers of our constitution and our government really understood the biblical principles, but how they also apply to liberty and government. Uh, also, the, the system of checks and balances we have in our country and in our government, where did that come from? That came from the doctrine of total depravity and the doctrine of sin, which comes directly out of the Bible. They understood uh, that, uh, that these are imperfect individuals leading other imperfect individuals. And so there needs to be checks and balances from the lowest levels of government to the highest levels of government, the, the free exercise of religion in the public square, uh, that we would be able to uh, bring the lordship of Christ into every sphere of culture. The list goes on and on of how it shaped American government, American politics, our founding documents, and the framing of our government. Yeah, and we're living in a time when our freedoms are not guaranteed around the world. And even here in the United States, our freedom of religion, our freedom of speech is threatened on a daily basis. What does it say about the word of God that other countries and the U.S. try so hard to, in some cases, ban it from people's homes? You know, I often say that it's not opinion, but it's fact that the Judeo-Christian worldview and the principles that arise from the word of God, where those societies, the societies that we see that embrace those principles, embrace the worldview uh, that's found in Christianity and found in the word of God, those societies always flourish. That's not opinion, that's fact. And societies where those values and those virtues and the principles that arise from the Bible are suppressed or canceled or banished, those societies always flounder and they always result in chaos. And a lot of the cultural chaos we see in the West and the cultural chaos that we see particularly in North America is precisely because 
uh, we have banned the principles that come out of the word of God. We have banned religion and Christianity in particular from the public square. Uh, it's okay to read your Bibles in your homes. It's okay to read your Bibles in your places of worship on, on the weekends. Um, but uh, we see a strong effort right now from the cultural elites, uh, from education to mainstream media, um, to and even government to really ban uh, the word of God. And, uh, you know, over the last 50 years, we need to ask the question, is our society better off? Is our society flourishing since we've departed from the word of God? And I think the answer is absolutely not, just the opposite. Uh, we're in an upside down world right now in an upside down situation in this cultural moment. And I believe it's precisely because we have diverted away from the truths and the principles and the virtues and the values that are given to us and proclaimed to us in God's word. Yeah. And as we're talking about this cultural chaos, I think there's a lot of hope and encouragement in the fact that we as Christians have the Bible to hold on to as our as a statement of truth and fact and reality. The Bible never changes and the truth never changes. It's been here all along and we have that to hold on to even when our world is so crazy and right is wrong and wrong is right. But I'm curious, what were the origins behind this documentary? Why why is this coming out now? Yeah, well, actually, our my pastor growing up as a child and uh, the one who founded the church that I now pastor at and, uh, you know, was the founder of D. James Kennedy Ministries, uh, Media Ministries, D. James Kennedy himself, actually wrote a book entitled What If the Bible Had Never Been Written, I, I think about 20, 25 years ago. Um, and we really felt like, as you just said, God's word is timeless. His truths are timeless in, in God's word. And we really felt like the book demanded a update, but not necessarily an update in book form, but an update as far as producing a documentary that would uh, reach a broader audience and, and hopefully reach the next generation uh, through using technology and using media to communicate a lot of the principles um, that are talked about in the book, but also to bring it into the light of the 21st century. When the book was written 20, 25 years ago, certainly the the world was dealing with incredible problems, but I think the world has changed dramatically. The culture has changed dramatically in the last 25 years. And so we wanted to resurrect this issue, resurrect this uh, this topic and this important question, what if the Bible had never been written but for the North American church in particular in the 21st century. As you just mentioned, there is so much chaos going on in the world, but we can have hope. Christians need to have a, a long view of history and understand this is not the first time that the church has been under persecution. This is not the first time that we've been living in chaotic times. You look all throughout history, and it has always been the people of God grounded in biblical truth that have bought, brought about the greatest human flourishing. And we need to be reminded yet again in the 21st century, as we see a world turned upside down, we have the keys, we have the answer, we have the truth, and we need to go back to the word of God that has been shaping civilization for thousands of years. And in this cultural moment in the 21st century, we have an incredible opportunity yet again to bring the word of God, the truth of, of his word, into the public square, into the marketplace, into the dark corners of our world and shine its light for the whole world to see. Yeah, truly an incredible opportunity. And where can people find this documentary to watch it? 
Yeah, they'll be able to go to djkm.org. Uh, that's the name of our ministry, D. James Kennedy Ministries. Our website, djkm.org. There they can purchase a DVD. They can do a digital download of the documentary. Or if people are familiar with our weekend television show, which is shown all across America, Truce the Transform. Just go to your TV listings and look for Truce the Transform all throughout the month of December on both Saturday and Sunday, depending what region you live throughout the country. There will be a preview of this special documentary. But like I said, you could go to djkm.org to purchase a DVD or to get a digital download of this special. Dr. Robert Pacienza, thank you so much for your time today and your insight, and I'm looking forward to checking it out. All right, thank you so much for having me on and letting your audience know about this important work. All right, Madison, thanks so much for that interview there. Sounds like a fantastic documentary. Looking forward to checking that out. All right, let's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today. We're going to take a look at 1 John, and it's 1, 5 through 6, and it reads, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. And it's just a, a stark message and very, very clear. And make sure we see the fruits that we're um, yielding from our labors. And let's walk in the light. Let it. Let's not let the darkness tempt us. Let's not follow the darkness. And um, let's pursue the things of God as we head into this Thanksgiving week. Thanks so much for being here. And as always, Lord willing, that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. We'll see you then.